what's up everyone welcome to another episode of latent loft i am j5 i'm here of course with soothing Lou. we've got all kinds of problems here first of all you're not dougie fresh although dougie fresh will be sitting in on the show and you're That's not Layton, the host right right so actually i just thought about lane's here in the office so it's not going to be dougie fresh either that's not going to be it's just say it's just say Layton installment is there any way i can modify it without leaving i can modify it oh you're the man because that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah, you could put uh, late. Hello, everybody, we got a great show coming up tonight and a great guest. I'm very excited about this myself. Yes, Darren. Wait, can we tell him? Yeah, I think. So. Well, oh, well, it's on the title, right? Yeah, Mr. Darren Ravel will be with us. I was telling the story uh, on Vintage Breaks uh, stream before. Uh, he has been with us for a very long time since 2017, mm -hmm. since our famous. 1986 Fleer basketball box break where we pull three Michael Jordan rookies, which again, everybody knows is typically what a box should have around three Michael Jordans. Okay. Um, yep. Two of them came back PSA nines. One of them came back a PSA seven. Wow. Um, so that video has gone viral. Lots of people have watched it. And again, Lou, I'll say it again. I'm not sure, but I think that was the first time we've done, somebody has done a box break for that year and set publicly to different people. Yeah. How so, many packs in the box? 36. 36. And 36 packs. Typically, you get three Jordan rookies in there? Yes, typically. Typically. Mm -hmm. Some boxes, again, because of production quality, may have four or may have two because the, the it might not line up. Yep. So it might be a short one, might have an extra one. But typically, on average, it's about three micro joint review cards. Wow. And so and, at that point, it's just you buy a box of those things. It's just a matter oh, of what brain you come up with. Yeah. Okay. Let's back to normal again. I got some stuff to show up. We just bought. Okay. That's fun. Great. Uh, oh, show then is uh, we'll be here momentarily. Happy holidays to everyone. Yes. Wishing us a happy holidays. So hope you guys okay. have a great week and stay safe. So, Lou, how can I see the comments? Oh, Lane's lost, so Lane can see it. You Without, should, um, on your screen to the right, there's not a comment section. No, chat I'm, and comments. I'm a full screen, that's why. Oh, yeah, so you gotta, gotta go off full screen. Let me see if I do this. Uh, hold on, I gotta share that. All right, so I wish I was like a halfway, kind of like YouTube. Cody, it's cold up here. Well, although not too bad today. It was almost 50 today. So let's see if I can do this. And, but we're gonna get a storm over the weekend, I guess. I could do this. Uh hide. People should be on the latent slots if they want to comment and be involved in the program here and uh, be involved in if we're doing giveaways, whatever giveaways we have given away, get in these comments. Layton's Law Facebook page, the Vintage Breaks Facebook page, Vintage Breaks YouTube. Now there's a couple of feeds on Vintage Breaks. Is, uh, who's keeping track of the names today? Uh, one of which will have us. Like, I have a feeling when Darren comes on, I might be really busy. Comes from so you should, so uh, you should be we'll do the best we can to, of course, keep up people commenting. Yeah. But they do have to comment on the Layton's Lofts. Uh, Oh, Cody's out in 55. Excellent. Good for you, Cody. Oh, you're in Vegas. So I, guess, I guess that's not so good. That's right. I keep forgetting. Okay. Is there an echo on your side? No. No? Okay. No, it's not going to work. All right. There we go. Okay, wait. You all set? Great. Sorry. Here we go. Okay, Lou. I'll see you later. All right. Thanks, Jeff. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Leighton's Loft. It's Leighton Sheldon of Just Select and Vintage Breaks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loft. How are we doing today, Leighton? Good, Lou. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm very excited about the show tonight. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so thanks again for everyone who's tuning in uh, today to Leighton's Loft, our weekly podcast uh, that starts at 4.30 every Wednesday. or 4.30 thereabouts, right? Yep. Uh, 4.30 thereabouts. <laughs> it ends 5.30 thereabouts, depending on who the guest is. That's right. Right? And uh, when the guests show up. Live shows. <laughs> and when guests show up. We have guests show up at 5.20 at one of these shows. I remember, and I'll tell you what, he was cool as a cat. And I remember <laughs> thinking, like, I felt terrible that he, you know, was, like, running way over. I don't know if he's hungry. I see the bathroom. You know, who knows? <laughs> but uh, very much uh, appreciate, you know, really each and every one of our guests. And, of course, all the people who've watched over the last you know, I guess several months at this point, Lou. Um, I think we're old enough to rent a car or about that. So, to, you know, around yeah. that area. Yeah, we're, what, we're in, we got to be about 25, episode 25, 26. Thinking 25. about having kids soon. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, that bust, bust then maybe the new show. No, no. <laughs> oh, new show. Yeah, maybe a kid that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't think you heard that part because you're like, no, no more. I'm good. Thanks. Makes it kind of uncomfortable when you put it that way, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand, Lou. So uh, what's up, Dom? What's going on, Danny, Justin, Patrick, Tom, uh, Nicholas, Chris, Steven, and the rest of the gang? Welcome to Leighton's Loft, uh, sponsored, of course, by Vintage Breaks and Just Collect. Today we have a very special guest at the top of the hour, Darren Ravel. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter, uh, at Darren Ravel. Um, and, of course, he's on Instagram as well and all the other wonderful social media outlets there are these days. Mark just nailed it. From now on, I'm promoting Leighton's Loft as Wednesdays at 4.30-ish Eastern. <laughs> I like that. Mark, you know, yeah. should, should be a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the reason why, of course, uh, today is special, uh, you know, with Darren joining us is, you know, he's been working hard as a business reporter, uh, you know, covering sports for, for quite some time, mm -hmm. really was doing it uh, well before anyone was really doing it on any formal level, uh, certainly. And so I'll let him kind of tell his story, um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, he also has some incredible giveaways. And so I'd rather have him kind of cover them and go over it. Great. However, uh, they're absolutely going to be the two, you know, main prizes today in Leighton's Loft uh, weekly giveaways here. Um, and the only way to qualify, of course, is if you um, watch us on Facebook, uh, Leighton's Loft, <laughs> and you watch our live show and you comment, you say hi, let us know what you bought this week. Um, or anything of that nature, uh, as long as you comment, you will be on the list and you'll have a chance to win one of seven prizes. But the, the first two prizes are going to be provided by Darren, and they're really cool, Lou. They're from his collection. Oh, excellent. Uh, what's up, Jim? He's uh, a ticket aficionado, certainly knows more about tickets than myself, even in regards to like dates and such. Right. And um, you know, he's giving away a very special one today. Uh, we'll let him tell the story, but have you ever heard of the, the Billy Goat game uh, for the Chicago Cubs? It was the World Series game, Dougie, right? 1945. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever heard of that game before? That's what started the curse, right? Well, that's what they say started the yeah. curse, you know. Yeah. Um, so he's giving away a ticket to that actual game, which is fairly valuable and is probably one of the most valuable prizes we've ever given away here on Leighton's Loft Weekly Show. Wow. So I'm really excited about that today, and the only way to win – is if you're tuned in, you're watching, you're commenting, you're participating, uh, and we wish everyone the best of luck. Uh, the other five prizes, Dougie, um, we're going to give a break credit to VintageBreaks.com. 
in the amount of $15. Um, and so those will be uh, third through seventh, but the key prizes are the ticket stub from the 45 World Series um, and the Oscar, I believe it's Oscar Meyer, <clears throat> Barry Sanders rookie or police rookie. Um, it's it's maybe sponsored by Oscar Meyer. We'll let, we'll let him tell the story. Yeah. But speaking of World Series, Lou, so you know what book Crosby and I are like, I would say we're like a solid halfway through is um, the, the, the book that you kindly bought for us, the Babe Ruth book. Oh, yeah. Uh, Babe Ruth and me. Babe Ruth and me. Yeah. So how adorable. Oh, I wish we could like be taping this while I'm reading with him. So the thing is, it's like it's still like a little bit tough for him in the sense, Lou, there's not really that many pictures. Right. Um, he's definitely into it now, but we choose to do a chapter at a time. So Crosby, uh, if you're listening, bud, love you. Um, Crosby gets three books a night. If he's done something really special, he can sometimes get four books. Uh, there, there's, you know, we got a, we have an interesting deal system in our house. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of reading going on. So the thing is, Crosby couldn't handle like four chapters in a row with no pictures. Sure. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, hey, what's up, Rocco? Uh, and so um, what we do is we read a chapter every time that I do night-night with him. Yeah. And I would say like we're a solid halfway through the book because we started it and then we put it kind of to the side. And now he's really at the point where not only he's interested in kind of like learning what's going on, but he's asking me, daddy, is this real? Yeah. And the thing is, I want to keep the magic, you know, going for Cross. So it is real. It happened. Right. Is time travel not real? Who am I to yeah. say it's not real? You know, oh, the books are based on a historical perspective. So a lot in there is actual is real. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So like we're reading stuff and, and he's talking about Babe Ruth with me and he's saying, why is he signing so many baseballs? Because, you know, Crosby doesn't realize yet that, yeah. you know, a signature on a baseball could be worth money. And so it's just fascinating. But the most important thing that, that you know, is happening for us is, like, he's subliminally learning about baseball. You know, we're not necessarily talking about the rules and such, but he, like, asked me several times, like, well, was he really good? I said, no, he wasn't really good. He was he was everything. Yeah. You know, at a time in which there was nothing. Um, and so we're enjoying it very much. Yeah, that's for people who don't know, that's written by Dan Gutman, and there's a series of them, and it's about a kid in, from divorced parents who can time travel with baseball cards, and so each book is about him going back to meet with the person on a different baseball card. There's a uh, there's several of them, including the Women's League, including the Civil War, and you go back, and it's it's got some historical story in it and some storyline between him and the player, and it's just it's a great series. I had him on a show I did and had my son on who was a year or two older than um, Crosby, I think. Oh, but wow. We, we did the interview with my son on him because we had written, we had read uh, several of the books at that point. That's cool. Well, I think we're going to do the Jackie book next. And I think you sent us that as well. Jackie um, Robinson one is great. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's really nice because he's taken ownership of a book that we, that we read together. He doesn't read it with mommy. He actually, we got upset because we couldn't find it. It was misplaced at one point. Um, and, and, you know, it's just nice to be able to share that. And like, you know, he's not, in love with baseball yet uh yep. but he's played it and and he knows that i have a lot of baseball cards so it's kind of funny to him like that you could rub a baseball card and time travel so yeah uh you know we've had we're having a good time with it lou and so always think about you more read it thank you appreciate it of course right, i'm gonna um, send you because he'd be ready for this a little bit earlier i'm gonna send you and it's not baseball card related but the other series my son and i got very close on was hank the cow dog Oh, please. Uh, I appreciate it very much. <laughs> no, this, this stuff is great. Um, what's up, Ricky? Happy holidays to you, Sean, Tom, and everyone else. Um, my, I do son, wanna... my son, who's 21, had to clean out his room because his mother was turning it into an upstairs bathroom. So he had to clean out his room and cut down a lot of stuff. He kept the Hank the Cowdog books. 
because it's like I'm going to read these to my son. That's, oh, that's, that's cool. Oh yeah, they're kind of fun. That's yeah. really special, though. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate looking forward to, of course, uh, you know, more book goodies. Um, I know Andrew Blevins asked a question here. I want to address, and then I want to show off a, a few things here. Um, so Andrew's asking with basketball starting up, which three players do I see getting a bump in the card market? Um, I mean, the thing what's crazy about basketball cards, it's become almost like day trading. Yeah. So I can tell you who I think like macro level for the season. And then if you wanted to know like this week or next week, I would tell you, look at the last, look, look at last night's box score. That'll be who it is. Oh. So, you know, last night the NBA just started. I, I would say the Durantula is back. I mean, very clearly, you know, Sam, did you check that out? Smooth as silk. <laughs> like butter. So I'm excited for uh, more NBA action. Um, you know, I think uh, in terms of, you know, getting a bump, I would say just look at the young guys. So, you know, the most to potentially gain and lose is probably Zion. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Zion gets hurt and it looks like anything that's, that he's out for a while, and certainly I wish him the best. We want him to do great. It's very entertaining. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that would have a substantial impact uh, on his card values. At the same time, if Zion comes out hot for like the first 10 games and he has 26 and has like a double-double every game with 11 boards and he looks like a like solid and healthy, you're going to see like a 15, 30% jump in that time period, if not more. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was going to ask you if there was any ceiling on his value. I was thinking maybe his ceiling was his value is at the ceiling and it can only go down. But you think there's a little extra room there if he gets off to a hot start? Oh, most definitely, mm -hmm. uh, because it was it would be the exact contrary of what happened to his career. Yeah. Think about what happened last year. He not only didn't play to start the season, but then was delayed. And then even being like when he was playing, it was like minutes restrictions. It just never felt right. Um, and so I think there's a lot of fans, whether it be like Zion or not, it's just good for basketball. Right. Um, I think it's going to be cool. And then, yeah, uh, uh, Weissman uh, from Golden State had a crazy game. And the kid's really young. I don't even think he played college ball. Like he got barred from like we're like suspended and he just never played again. So it's, it's going to be very interesting. I almost feel like the NBA is a mix of professional sports with some of that drama from wrestling. Yeah. You know, but like also a reality TV show along with the stock market, meaning day trading. So like, right. there's no show for that. Um, Do you feel the NBA is driving the modern market? In other words, are modern NFL cards making the similar inroads or is it basically NBA field? Oh, I think that right now in terms of the sports, at least for the time being, right, it's basketball one, it's football two, and it's baseball three, hockey fourth. Yeah. Um, and not to say that any and all of those sports aren't great and the cards aren't great, but very clearly basketball modern cards are a global market, yeah. whereas baseball oh. cards, football cards are definitely, even if they've reached some global markets, no one's describing those card markets as global yet. They may in the years to come. Um, and then hockey, yeah, its global market is Canada. Yeah. You know, but but it's almost like cheating because that's like its home market also. Right. Um, but but what, what percentage of the pie of the modern market do you think the NBA constitutes? If you if we're gonna make a pie chart out of this. I'd have to think about it before I would give an answer. You know, yeah. I'd wanna I'd wanna, you know, consider it, but maybe we'll talk about that next week on the loft. It's a great mm -hmm. question, Lou. Yep. Um, you know, while we have some time before Darren joins us in a few minutes, um, I did want to show off because we haven't had a chance recently. J5, do I need to do anything to change the camera or Lou can do that? Show off the cards on the desk. Great. It's gonna have to take our uh, full screen down on there. Sure. Uh, 
Yeah, and then I think he got banned, right, Patrick? So uh, we just bought a random collection. I have no idea. Were, were these folks from Canada, J5? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so random group of cards. This is pretty cool. This is the first part of the collection that we just bought today. Um, really nice group of 61 tops high numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for those of you that do not know, oh, there we go. I don't think Eddie Matthews is a high number though. Uh, but I guess, oh, these are just some of the better cards. So some high numbers, Billy Williams, rookie hall of fame, nice 61 maze. I don't know if there's, I actually haven't seen these. So I love when I do this. It's kind of fun for me to see it for the first time. Oh, three mazes, a little turkey. Yeah. Nice. I was hoping that was a mantle. I saw the Yankee cap. Spawn, K-Line, Rizzuto, Aaron. Ernie Banks, yep, Roger Maris, and Kaline. And I'll tell you what, just because I think it's a really cool thing to do uh, that Darren is uh, giving away this Billy Goat tick, uh, Billy Goat ticket um, yeah. at the end of our show today. And so to kind of keep that Cubby vibe going, uh, Dougie or Sam, what we'd like to do is give everyone a minute or two to make nice to, uh, you know, night. Oh, actually, we're doing this on the Facebook show, so I gotta you know keep my my signal straight in my head. Yeah. Um, so, Lou, I'm not sure if you have a trivia question right or if there's a way to give it out randomly, but, Lou, I'm going to let you be the executive decision maker of how we're going to give away the 61 Tops Ernie Banks today. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's from the collection. Take your time. No rush. So how cool is this, gang? On top of baseball cards, there's a Gretzky Opeachy rookie, and I know Darren's going to appreciate this because he's been trying to buy one himself. No, it's not in good, good condition, that's for sure. But these cards in, you know, even a one are selling for 500 and up, I believe. Um, actually, it's not terrible. I mean, it's not great, but it's not <laughs> terrible. Um, so there you go. We just bought a 79 Peachy Gretzky rookie. There you go. Some serious creasing there. So I see. Nice looking card. I mean, yeah, no, it's still a Gretzky. You know, it's yeah. still got some real value. This is really cool. This, this is his Gretzky like racer set. Uh, I guess Scott was telling me these cards are like five, 10 bucks or racer cards. Um, I don't really know much about them, but uh, I'm much more interested in the Gretzky rookie. And then this was cool. We haven't got um, Redmen baseball tobacco cards in a while from 54 and 55. As you can see, we literally just got these in as they're still in the holders, the rubber bands, all that kind of fun stuff. So I love these cards, Lou. Now, to be fair, they're a lot more valuable when they have their coupons on them. So yeah. as you can see here, like it's cut off at the bottom, but I love the artwork. Oh, yeah, they're gorgeous, yeah. So we'll see if we have any with, uh, oh, there's writing on these, Hey, bay. A little too much copy, but. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot. Willie Mays. Um, so there's a bunch that have pencil on it, which hopefully our specialist knew, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it looks like they're all missing the uh, tab. But they still have some value, meaning they trade from anywhere from like a few bucks to 20, 30 bucks or more, you know, depending on, you know, Maze definitely sells for more. Um, so I thought that uh, let's give one of these away here, Lou. So I think these are great. Got a cub? Um, you know, I was going to give away this Bob Lemon. But let me see if I got a cubby. I don't want to give away one that's penciled. Just irks me to pencil. I don't know why. Oh, this is nice. Ted Klazuski, he's a Hall of Famer. He's got yep. good color. Let's see if I can grab a card saver four. Excellent. So 
So, Lou, I'll tell you what we're going to do. You know, I'm learning from you, right? The the art of the live show. We want people to tune in. So, 61 Ernie Banks will give away today. We'll have you give that away through a trivia question. We're going to save the Teddy Klazuski till next week. And we'll give that away on our show, Leighton's Loft, our weekly podcast. Okay. That's pretty cool. All right, I have a trivia question. You want to do the trivia question now? Absolutely. Let's give away Ernie. Cubs trivia question right now. First person to answer, who planted the ivy on the outfield wall at uh, Wrigley Field? Great question. I do not yeah. know the answer. You do know the answer. Well, you don't know. No, I do not know the answer. I'll know you it in a few minutes answer, after you reveal it. You don't know the answer, but you know the person. It wasn't a nobody. Or he was kind of a nobody at the time, but now he's not a nobody. Sorry, Darren was uh, texting me. Zoom. <laughs> uh, J5, says, Trivia question. Who planted the ivy in the outfield wall at Wrigley? This is for the Ernie Banks, right? Yep. There we go. Kevin Gertzen's got it. Awesome. Who was it? Just let me check. It was Bill Veck, believe it or not. Now, did he do it as a publicity stunt? Nope. The former Cubs front office assistant, Bill Veck, who later on the White Sox planted the ivy in 1937, the same year the bleachers and the scoreboard were built. So he was a he was working in the Cubs front office. He was a uh, front office assistant. Very cool. And that was Kevin. Uh, Kevin G won that. And again, I just want to tell everybody, we've got uh, feeds coming in from three sites here, and it matters what in order they came in on my site here. So, And all of you individually don't get all three together. So <laughs> we'll get it, uh, the final word is where they show up on my list. Great. Sam, if you could do me a favor, just check in with J5 because he's out there. I'm not sure what he's doing. Um, just want to make sure that uh, he sent everything to Darren. Uh, cool. Thank you. Very cool. Well, congratulations, Kev. So, Lou, while we're uh, you know chilling for a few minutes here, um, I know you're not bit much of an NBA guy, so let's talk a little NFL as we're getting into the stretch run. Sure. Even though you know I myself uh, am not interested in really discussing the Jets. I read some articles. There's other quarterbacks. This and that. Here's the thing. I'm not going to sweat it, nor am I going to discuss it, though. What do we like for the playoffs? Like, do you just think it's going to be the Chiefs zoom to the Super Bowl? You think it's going to be that simple in the AFC? Let's talk a little football. I think the Chiefs are the are the first tier of teams in the NFL. In other in words, the NFL, not just the AFC. Exactly. In the NFL, I think I there's a team on that top tier. I don't think there's a team quite on the same level. Uh, the NFC gets a little trickier. Obviously, Tampa Bay with Tom, but that team hasn't got itself together yet uh, quite a bit, and they haven't got past New Orleans, which uh, New Orleans is a bit of a question mark, depending on how how ready Drew Brees can get for the playoffs and how effective he can be. Michael Thomas uh, looks like he's going to miss the playoffs, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you you know, if we're going to go NFC, do we think that the Packers are, uh, you know, looking good to come out of the NFC? Or, what? Do you, you know, okay. what, what are your feelings? I'm going to get in trouble here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is as overrated as it gets. And, and, really? Very yeah, interesting. And it, and it's not to say he's not a good quarterback. He's an elite quarterback. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But uh, I argue with people all the time about Aaron Rodgers being the best quarterback or the most skilled quarterback. And I don't think he's any of those things. And I think the Packers are a little bit of a flawed team. They don't do enough. They don't know, do enough of one thing particularly well, especially on defense. But the thing is, if they can get, uh, if they can lock their record and get some home games, it is really tough to go in Lambeau and win. 
So that's going to help them on their trip up there. So if they can play an AFC championship game at home or uh, they can play one round at home, you know, especially if they run into some weather up there. But Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. It always runs into trouble. I mean, I know he's won a Super Bowl championship, but uh, I, I don't know. I like I like Drew I like Drew Brees in a big game better. I like Brady in a big game better. Um, I, I like the Packers, but I don't think they're on the same team on the same level as the Saints. Probably on the same level as the Bucks because the Bucks are kind of they're a team that's not firing on all all eight cylinders right now. You know, yeah, and well, they, they, they haven't really put it together in any one game yet, and it doesn't look like it's getting any more consistent. So. Yeah, no, interesting take, Lou. I think that uh, you're right on most fronts there. Anything could happen in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Sam, can you do me a favor and um, just get J5 to come here? It's almost five, and uh, I want to make sure we have everything set up because I'm not exactly sure how it goes. Thanks. Do you, Very do you, cool. see it any, you see it any differently? I mean, I don't see a big – I don't see a big – the Chiefs have, have shown some things throughout the year too. Hell, the Patriots played them pretty well with their third-string quarterback. Uh, which I think I think the AFC, uh, unless Seattle gets super hot, I think the NFC has a bunch of really good teams, but I don't think they have anyone as good as the Chiefs. No. Um, but that being said, like, could I see someone getting hot from the NFC and doing it? Sure. Seattle yeah. could do it. I, I don't think Green Bay, but someone could get hot. Um, I just, but I do think Mahomes possesses a ton of firepower, and so do the Chiefs. And like, really, even if they're down big, it doesn't matter. There are two or three teams in the NFC that could go in in a one game on any given Sunday and beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs can be beaten. There's, there's no doubt about that. Here's the thing about it. I have never seen Patrick Mahomes have a bad game. I've seen him have a bad half. I've seen him have a, have a bad quarter. But the guy always pulls it together, and at the end of the day, you know, he plays well. He, he Terrific quarterback. Just just. Love watching him play. He's just he's he's the best there is right now. Oh, he's very very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think that. <clears throat> um, yeah, guys, we're waiting for J five. Uh, Dougie, if you could get, I'm not sure what's going on with Sam and J five, but want to get them in here to uh, set up whatever they need to and such. Uh, not to worry, folks. We'll have everything set up for you. Yeah, Gary says it right. All the NFC teams, NFC teams are flawed. Right. And yeah, it doesn't mean they couldn't win, but they have issues. Right. And all the teams except and the Chiefs are not perfect, but they don't have they don't have the big flaw. The defense is not super strong, but they don't need it with the offense. The offense helps them out with field position, helps them out with possession, helps them out by putting points on the board. Uh they're plenty good enough for the Chiefs to repeat. Yep. Well, it's gonna be fun to see. Um Vincent, who's a bad man in a bad stadium? Hold, hold on for one second, guys. Yep. Is he on the phone with Darren? Oh, uh, okay. I didn't realize that. Do you guys know how to adjust the screen here the way you're supposed to? Uh, yeah. I think he's making sure the Zoom call is good. Okay. Then, oh, Kevin, yeah. I'm not sure the conference is weak. Okay. I think that's a little bit strong. I mean, there's yeah. some good football teams. I think the Saints were a good football team. I think that I think the Bucks can be a good football team. I think the Packers can be a good football team. I don't think they're weak. I, I think flawed is the right word. Yeah, well, then what do you think the Jets are? Oh, God, yeah, the Giants like playing. Yeah, the. I'll tell you what. That win took the Patriots out of a very bad position in that final game because can you see Bill Belichick wringing his hands trying to figure out if he should screw the Jets one more time? <laughs> oh, most definitely. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. I would have put him in a very tough position. He seems to me to be like, you know, at least from my perspective, a Jets fan perspective, he's Dr. Evil, man. 
And I think the one thing he loves more than winning is screwing the Jets. I don't no, <laughs> I mean, I, th I think I think you might be right on the uh, right on the money with that. Um, so, uh, hey, Robert, do you know where the uh, REA stuff is? Can you grab me that Will Chamberlain photo? I'd love to show it off. Thank you. Uh, Seattle defense is better than at the start of the year, and the offense can get rolling like the start of the year. Watch out. I think I think Seattle can go in and beat any of the teams in the NFC, string together two or three wins in the playoff situation, and that I think is tough for them, especially without the home field advantage of uh, of Seattle and without crowds in there. I, I just think it's tough for them. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so this is a pretty cool item. I wanted to uh... – you know, talk about what I'd like to do during the last week of the year, Lou. Mm -hmm. And so can you see that, Lou, on camera? I'm not sure how the cameras are set up right now. Let me get it on here. Uh, there you go. There we go. So I just bought this beauty out of uh, Robert Edward Auctions. Um, you know, Brian and the gang there run a top flight auction house. And um, it's just a really cool photo because it's early yeah. in Will Chamberlain's career. That is some sweet satin, baby. <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters um, warm up, but then I just love like the eye of the photographer. To I don't know where he's standing here. It says he's standing um, seven foot center. Will appear in Portland with the All Star team at Oregon Centennial uh, April fifth. So let's just say it's you know somewhere in a big city, likely out west. But I just love the perspective yep. of that photo. How he's standing with the buildings and the basketballs. Um, I thought this was a keeper, and so uh, you know, got lucky and ended up winning it. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. It's a great photo that up angle there, and with his arms stretched out, you, you, you get the sense of who Wilt Chamberlain is, right? The physicality of it, yep, absolutely. Um, and so there's one more piece from there, Robert. It was uh, well, there's actually a cool boxing card, and then there's um, like a Goodwin and Company like program or something that had early baseball card advertising from the 1800s. So um, I haven't gone through it yet, but it'd be kind of fun to show off while waiting for Donna to join us. Could the Bills go in and beat the Chiefs? Could they go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs? They could beat the Chiefs, but I don't know if they can go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. That would be very difficult. Yeah. You know, possible. Bills play their best game and the, uh, you know, play their top oh, game. Oh, this is cool. Then they can compete. So there we go. It's from uh, great. So this is this is a great piece of baseball history and baseball card history right here. But check this out. Bought this out of an auction just purely for my love of baseball and cards. No idea what it's worth. Um, honey, if you're watching, I didn't break the bank. Uh, I was responsible here. So this is uh, 1888, Brooklyn versus Washington. It's an exhibition game scorecard. But if you look at the bottom, it has old judge cigarette card advertising for baseball players. Uh -huh. You can easily get them, Lou. I'm going to try to read this while you have it held up or while I have it held up. You will find a printed slip in every box of Old Judge or Gypsy Queen cigarettes you buy. Uh, on return to us of 25 of these slips, we will mail you prepaid an elegant cabinet photograph handsomely mounted of any baseball player in club uniform you may select from our printed editions. Wow. In this way, you get the photograph of every player of prominence in any club in the country. So here this, here's the deal. Those were known as Old Judge cabinet cards. Mm -hmm. The value of those is off the charts. I'll bet, yeah. And so the thing is, in terms of just, you know, baseball cards in his history, there's not a lot of early evidence from the late 1800s and early 1900s of legitimate baseball card advertising. And so, I mean, I think I spent 500 on this. Like for 500 bucks, Lou, 
are you kidding me? Like this thing shouldn't be around anymore. It's from 1888. Oh God, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it, it was in somebody's hand yeah. at, at the ballpark, filling it out. It's just like, it's cool. Very cool. Now, um, one last little goodie. I feel like it's an early Christmas for me. I'm excited. <laughs> um, so I'm really into early boxing cards and just in general, anything that, um, you know, has a great history to it. So speaking of old judge, old judge boxing, definitely not easy to find. Baseball is more difficult because there's more collectors. But when you find a boxing card with this clarity of Jake Kilrain, who's a Hall of Famer, um, and that pose, like it says it's a five, the card looks near mint to me. So the fact that this thing is from 1887 and it looks near mint and it's of a Hall of Famer and it literally costs like, oh, I don't know, 300? Yeah. How do you not go for it? Gorgeous. So right. Darren's here. You want to bring him in? Absolutely. All right. Well, that Darren to stream. Darren, how are we doing today? What's up? How are you? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. What's up, Darren? How are you? I uh, just uh, went to UPS store to get some packages done because the postal service apparently doesn't work anymore. <laughs> well, I would say this. If you want to have agita and potential, you know, let's just be candid here, some diarrhea, track your auction packages that are <laughs> from FedEx, you know, UPS and the post office right now. And like, they'll tell you it's supposed to be there tomorrow. And I'll ask the staff, guys, my package come They're like, wait, there's just nothing crickets. Do you know yeah. I th I used to think that the exclamation point was was something that was exciting, and now all of a sudden it means uh, like trapped in delivery. You know what I'm talking about? No, on, that's why I'm laughing at you because I know exactly on what eBay. You mean. On eBay, they've changed the now the exclamation point is like stuck in delivery. Good luck. Like, yep. I mean, it's a tragedy to do that to the exclamation point. <laughs> uh, most certainly, I feel uh, I feel for you. Um, so thanks again for joining us. Uh, this is Darren Ravel, of course, of the Action Network, buddy of mine, and of course, formerly of ESPN. So Darren, we're going to talk cards and tickets and all that kind of fun stuff in a few minutes. Um, I know you've done this probably many times in your career, uh, but it's certainly better when they hear it from, you know, the person directly themselves, as opposed to reading about it or hearing about it online or whatever the case is. So I wanted you to share um, the story with everyone about what your intentions were when you left school, when you left Northwestern, and kind of like what you wanted to do with yourself. Because I think it's a fascinating story. Well, you know what I always tell, and this is uh, dating me, I always tell people that I, I loved the uh, green pages of USA Today as much as I liked the red pages. And for anyone who's over over 35 years old, I guess that's probably the, the limit there. I loved reading the business pages as much as I love reading the sports pages. And I kind of thought, like, wouldn't it be great? Um, to be able to be a business reporter who happened to cover sports instead of the other way around. There really wasn't a sports reporter who was covering business unless it was the concrete beat, which was the uh, the the nice way of saying that a new stadium was being built. And they, they would take the city hall reporter and move them over to the sports section for that time. So uh, I started a sports business show my junior year at Northwestern and realized that Everyone wants to talk to athletes. They don't want to talk to you. No one is talking to the business people, and they'll talk forever. Like U 
you asked Drew, Drew Rosenhaus one question. It's like, thanks very much for our hour show. I appreciate it. Uh, so, um, so I had this sports business show and I realized it was like shooting fish in a barrel. It's like, okay, so Ray Rhodes gets fired as an African-American head coach in Green Bay. And all of a sudden, like, I'm like, okay, let's call the Rainbow Push Coalition and ask if Jesse Jackson would like to come on the only sports business show in the country. I think there was a, another sports business show. So I said call in show, but no one actually ever called in. I just want to be able to say only. Uh, so I, I was leaving class to interview Jesse Jackson. You know, the playing field is not fair. But, you know, and, and uh, you know, this is Ray Rhodes does not deserve to, you know. And uh, so it was just amazing. I got everyone I wanted. I had fun even, you know, I was uh, obsessed with food from my from my early days um, when I discovered uh, that they spelled delicious wrong on the back of a Del Monte package of uh, yogurt covered raisins and got 36 pounds of raisins in the summer of 1989 as a thank you. The source, <laughs> the source of my childhood obesity. So I've, I've always... <laughs> I've always been a, a foodie You're type guy. You're killing today, man. I love it. <laughs> always been a foodie type guy. So one one time I had, hey, it's the sports business beat. And now we're going to try every single energy bar, power bar, and then bring on the founder of Power Bar, Brian Maxwell, the founder of Cliff Bar, Lisa Thomas. You know, I, I basically was getting everyone. I'm like, wow, this is a great job. I love it. Uh, ESPN came to campus, and to make a long story longer, I'm just making it so long. Uh, <laughs> I, ESPN came to campus and said, hey, we're looking for like an intern. And I said, just give me 10 minutes. You guys need a sports business reporter. They're like, no, we don't. I'm like, yeah, well, look at your, your, your front page headlines. There's like $3 signs, and they're all written by AP. So why is it acceptable that you would never let anyone write an AP story because you're ESPN, you have Peter Gammons, Andy Katz, you would never do that. But because they have a dollar sign, you guys think that you don't need to be the leader of that. And I, I convinced, uh, luckily it wasn't an HR person. I convinced the guy there to give me a shot. And uh, at 22 years old, um, January of 2001, I was sitting on the sports center set with Kenny Maine and was like, Really? Like, this is crazy. Like, That's you know, you're supposed to have a dream and it, it it be far out. And I'm like, well, I guess I could die at 23 now. <laughs> so that's how it happened six years espn then i went from being the uh geek at the sports network to the cool guy at the business network went to cnbc for six years kicked espn's ass for for six years and then they hired me back and did another six years and now you know in the gambling space of the action network so i've i've loved every minute of every day all right darren let's go back to that 22 year old what about working at espn was exactly or better than you thought it was going to be and what was worse what what, what were the what were the great things and what were the bad surprises okay well it, it, it was exactly what i thought like it was a complete like just so fun um you know like Stuart scott like at 1 30 in the morning would be shagging golf balls outside That's golf awesome. wiffle balls you know like it was it was really like a kid's you know, a, a kid's playground um, and uh, was very surprised how nice everyone was and um, just amazing. Uh, just had a great relationship with guys like Andy Katz, like Bob Lee, um, just relationships that I cherish forever. Uh, what was different is that, uh, you know, when you're when you're the wonderkind writing for ESPN.com, the speed that they ask for. Uh, hey, you're the guy who can write the speedy internet stories. And so the joke was like they'd assign me a story that they need the next morning. Well, 
I don't know if they knew, but uh, I'd work from like eight to eight, go home for dinner and then come back from nine to two. And I did that for my first three years. Oh my God. And it was only, it was only like, okay to do that because at two o'clock, the one o'clock sports center was still going on and they still needed like 250 people in the parking lot. So it wasn't like I was like the lone dude and thought that I'd have to use the blue phone to call the police. Um, So it was kind of, it was kind of normal to do that, but that was kind of like the unexpected thing. Like they expected me to write at a speed that I kind of promised just by my youth and I wasn't writing at that speed. So I had to fake it, which meant that I pretty much couldn't sleep for, for years. Oh my God. But it was, it was worth it. You got to pursue what you love. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, as you said, it's, it's great to hear that you have such fond memories of, you know, such an important part of your, like your journey and such. Um, you know, one of the things that I kind of wanted to change directions for a minute, because of course, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in the space of you know social media whatsoever, you've heard you certainly heard of Twitter. Well, Darren is a great follow on Twitter. And what I wanted to talk to the audience about, kind of twofold, was one: at what point did you start to invest your time into Twitter? You know, um, on the journey of Twitter. Uh, and then um, I'll save my second question. Uh, you yeah, know, don't I, do don't do a double. That's what they call a double barreled yeah. question, and they'd only and I'd only answer the second one. So John Sawatsky was one of the best treats of ESPN. He was the interview coach, and you need your questions to be open, which is not like a yes no, neutral, which is not like uh, you don't want to be biased, and lean, which is where you just want five to ten words open neutral and lean and when you double barrel a question the person always answers just the second one so there's a little interview coaching yeah no darren has given me great advice uh, (laughs) through the years i very much appreciate it okay uh so now that i've forgotten your question what what (laughs) did you say uh sure so you know kind of like uh oh what what got me into twitter so yeah in in 2000 march of 2009 there was almost no journalists on twitter the only athletes on twitter were lance armstrong and Shaq. I had been using blog lines and essentially had just to try to, you know, if you're trying to do the second part of a story, which is the business story, you got to know the first part and getting to know the first part is exhausting. You have to know the first part of every story. I need to know what I need to cover. And so I, I had all these blog links and I would spend two and a half hours every day reading them. I'd have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning so that I know at eight thirty what I needed to do. And so Twitter was this, it wasn't a dissemination tool at all. It was it was for me to get through the slog of being the best I could be. And I didn't really care about I didn't even think about what it would mean to me as kind of like a de facto mailing list. Uh, uh, and it probably became that maybe 2011, 2012. Um, I remember fighting with someone at CNBC who would be the first to 5000 followers Uh And I remember CNBC telling me, we don't want you to use Twitter because we want CNBC to be the first destination. There was really a fight over that. I remember my earlier, my later days at ESPN starting in 2012, where they would say, you need to say everything you're going to say on Twitter. You need to say either on the air or ESPN.com. And I'm like, oh, my God. Or you have to get everything approved by the news desk. So there were a lot of challenges. And, And the one question people always asked me was, what happens if Twitter isn't the next big thing? And I said, well, then I'll go on to the next big thing, whenever that is. Like, you know, a lot of so many people dismiss Twitter and wasted so much time. Like, I don't want to know what you had for lunch. I'm like, okay, 
you haven't been on Twitter because that's not what happens. Hmm. Like maybe that was the original purpose of Twitter. Like, Hey, what's up, dude. But, but now it wasn't. And anyway, it did evolve to a tremendous platform and a platform that, you know, this past Saturday, we were able to get 456,000 people watching. Um, It's, it's an amazing platform. Yes, it is a complete garbage cesspool, uh, but I like to wade in it every day. Yeah. And you do it really well. Uh, you know, I know we don't have a ton of time, so we can kind of, you know, if we have time at the end, we'll talk about this. I mean, we really, needed to, we really needed this to be a six to ten hour podcast. Yeah, I know. Uh, you were the one who started with, in the beginning, <laughs> Darren created sports business. I'm um, ready. I can go six. No problem. Well, the thing is, I feel like I know you really well, but I want our audience to know you in an fair, authentic that's way. Fair. And, you know, I thought I thought it was really important. Now, we'll kind of save like last Saturday's event, even though it was great. Um, but I know that, uh, listen, you cherish your own mental health. I know you're an advocate of it. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people know this. Uh, I certainly don't advertise it, but uh, I certainly have told you before. So Julie Lawton, you know, my beautiful wife, lost her sister to suicide a few years ago. And in general, you know, mental health is still not getting enough awareness in our country. Um, and I feel I feel that with with COVID happening uh, the way it is, both economically, health wise, for individuals and for families, it's a really particularly you know difficult time. And so I'm just kind of curious when you look at all the struggles that happen and you're admitting that Twitter is a difficult place to operate to say the least. How do you keep yourself mentally, you know, sound and and, and in check that when you go back to that cesspool every day, you don't care that someone says Darren's a such and such, or, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about or, you know, any of that kind of BS. I think there's two, there's two pieces. And one, you know, when I hit, when I was hitting 40, I said, I got to give back other than just enriching myself. And that's why I went to, we're all a little crazy, same here, which is the organization that I head up their influencer Alliance. Um, I think the one thing on social media, which I'm trying to keep, teach my kids as my daughter enters TikTok world is that it's, it's all about your own um, authenticity. It's if, if you are true to yourself, then you also only care about what you say. And you don't care what other people say. And you have to get to the point where you're comfortable doing that. If you're not, then you shouldn't be bold in, in, in how you say things. I am someone who doesn't care what people say. I care what I say. And it doesn't hurt me what other people say because I put myself in the position. But that is also one of the reasons why when someone does try to bully me, I either ignore them. But I don't exclusively ignore them. Sometimes I take them out and I drill them down because I can do that and my kids can't. And 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 I feel like and people say, why do you why do you augment their position as bullies? And I'm like, well, because I think they should they should have to face the music and they're not expecting to face the music. So, you know, uh, when when people call me names or when people are you know, saying things, you know, you shouldn't say this, this and that. Well, I deserve the right to come back at you. And 99% of the time, uh, I feel like they learn, learn a lesson, but I also like to show the world that like, you can't always hide behind your keyboard and it's not, it's, it's not healthy to think that. It's no, the I, vanguard, social media is the vanguard of the mob mentality that we seem to be involving in as a society. You have and not for your kids, of course, but you've just learned to adapt to work in a mob mentality world, which is yep. what Twitter and social media is. And you have to be able to stand up and take your hits when you need when you when you get them reply when you feel you have the energy and you want to reply. Uh, but 
And when you don't just block people, I sometimes yeah. block 50 people a day. And it's not that I'm a wimp. It's that I just don't, I'm trying to protect myself from me, not from you. Right. Yeah. No, listen, that's a really, uh, I think that's a really good point. Um, and you know, as long as you're self-aware, Darren, that's, that's really what it is. Like as long as you're, you know, conscious of what's happening and you're trying to get across a, you know, a message. Hey, listen, I don't, uh, I certainly don't take the stance you usually do, but I very much follow you. I've asked you for advice and, you know, I remember asking you uh, a couple of years ago, one of the things that I was telling Alexa about earlier today, when we were really getting into breaking, we thought it was here to stay was, Hey, Darren, should I take an acting class? Like, should I go to the city? Should I, you know, and you said, no, 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 no. Just go out, be authentic and be the best version of yourself. And I think from a distance, at least what I see both interactions, you know, through text or phone or on Twitter, like that's what you're trying to do. It may not be apparent to everyone, um, no, but that's no, what you're trying to do. People want to hear your scream and see those eyes open as if you're looking at a 1985 Cabbage Patch Kid. You don't need you don't need acting lessons for that. You've been you've been no. training your whole life for that. Yeah, well, I didn't know, but but now I appreciate, of course, the sage advice. So uh, let's get you know put some of the mushy stuff behind us here, and let's get to the the real meat of this Chicago Cubs ticket. And I want you to tell me about not just the ticket, but before you do, can you tell us like why you love tickets so much? Yeah, I mean, I I think that cards are great and they're incredible pieces of art. I think as an alternative, tickets relate to an exact moment, you know, and so tickets relating to an exact moment, like it's not just Kirk Gibson or Kirk Gibson rookie. It's it's game one of the 1988 World Series. And this is the ticket and someone was there and maybe you were there and you remember it and it just jogs the memory. So I I made a list of 50 tickets I had to get. And I'm at like 33 and no, I won't publish it because I'm competing <laughs> against all you assholes. Sorry for my language, but I'm not going to publish it. Uh, and um, I just think I just think they're just like cards. They're beautiful pieces of art. And and because they're now being slabbed, they're frameable, they're carryable. They're they're exactly, you know, in the same way as cards. And they're numbered, right? They're limited edition. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it, by its nature, depending on how old it is, they are limited, right? Like they're almost just Great question, Luke. 100%. They're, yeah, they're limited by the capacity of the stadium that day. Um, and that's the most there could be. Exactly. And then it just goes down and down and down. So this ticket we're giving away today, um, you know, is I didn't know I needed this. This was not on my list. Um, there we go. But, cool. but the, you know, the fact that, um, this is when uh, uh, the Cianis guy um, brought his goat to to Wrigley. This is the day. And, you know, and then as a guy who's a storyteller, you know, and know the story about the guy, you know, he brings his goat into Wrigley for game four of the World Series against the Tigers. And William Wrigley's like, no, you can't bring that goat in there. And, 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 you know, you can imagine the guy in like an Adam Sandler voice go, well, you think I can't bring this goat in here? You know, <laughs> you guys will never win a World Series, you know, and it's a horrible Adam Sandler, but that's, <laughs> that's what I think of. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just a nice color. It's an, just a beautiful ticket. And, you know, it says on it, um, game for the World Series, Billy Goat Curse game. And the fact that, you know, it's, other than the curse of Babe Ruth, that's the other famous World Series curse. And it lasted from uh, 19. Well, so hold on. Uh, so the Cubs were 19. When was their last win? 
was it um, 06, Dougie? 2016. I, 2016 was the Cubs. No, yes. that's that's when they won. Oh, when was it last? Before that. Oh, before that. When it did they was 06, that? maybe? It was 100 years or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was about 100 years. Right. About eight the years? Red Sox were, oh, well, the Red Sox were 08, right? Yep. With the curse, and then the curse of Babe Ruth. So yeah. anyway, it's a great ticket. I love tickets. I love the story behind tickets. Um, yeah, that was the curse of Tom Yaki. That wasn't the curse of Babe Ruth. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well, that was also that that was also a curse. Yeah. And then the second thing we're giving away, I just I love the crazy uh, wacko cards. And this is one of the most wacko. It's a beautiful Barry Sanders police card rookie. There are actually um, there are there are two sponsors on here: Clawson Pickles and Oscar <laughs> Meyer, as well as uh, I mean, you literally could not have more sponsors on this card. Uh, courtesy of the Detroit Lions, Oscar Meyer, Clausen's, WWJ, the Lions Radio Network, the Crime Prevented Association of Michigan, and your friendly police department. Um, and then on the back, it has just this amazing uh, where it says kids plus guns equals death. Say no um, to guns. From little say, Oscar, no less. Say no to guns. And, uh, I just love the 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 different cards that other people haven't seen, or I mean, so th- we're also giving this one. Yeah, away. no, thank you for uh, offering that to our community. We're very appreciative. We're going to give that away at the end of our podcast today at five thirty. Um, so out of curiosity, Darren, how did you forget about the other seventeen tickets you still need? The the list of fifty. How'd you come up with it? Meaning, did you sit down with a six pack? Was it over a year? You know, take us through that process. It was over one night. Really. Now, my, how many beers? My did head, you have? my head is messed up like that. I, <laughs> I could not go to sleep until I finished the list. I was, I was gonna like. So if it you had, had to pause be... for a minute and give me a chance to have some good live, you know, right. interaction here. I may have thrown out a bet. I might have said, "Hey guys, is it a week, a year?" But you went a little too fast for me. <laughs> Just like when I wanted to buy the twenty best cards, I yeah, exactly. I, I actually bought them all in a day and a half. Yeah, you're pretty uh, psycho. So I'm pretty psycho, uh, yeah, as my wife way. as my wife says. You might she might throw some curses in the next four minutes. Hey, shout out to Courtney. Of. Hope you're well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, so I knew I needed Bo versus Bosworth at the one on the Monday Night Football game. Uh, I know I needed Secretariat uh, at the Belmont. The funny thing is, there weren't tickets. Oh, really? I'm not sure how people got in the club section, but there weren't tickets, which meant that I had to buy a press pass from the day. Um, I knew I was getting the World Series earthquake game. I knew I was getting the Fog Bowl, Theismann breaking. Now, did you, because I know you're an internet guru, did you like Google a list or you started to handwrite it first? No, I was handwriting it first. All right, all right. So, uh, so I, I'm doing the ones that I already got. Uh, sure. Fog Bowl, Theismann's leg being broken, uh, the Weber timeout, Tyson biting Hollyfield's ear. What a list. Um, and then the uh, the Hurricane Carter title ticket. I just like to have that one. The one that people didn't know they they had. I mean, there's some where people didn't know they had. I had to sure. get the 68 Mexico Olympics where the guys are raising their black fit, oh, you know, the, Tom, Tommy Smith. Great and picture. yeah, so, so I got, and, and John Carlos, I got that. I believe there has, I'm the only one who's gotten a PSA graded one of those. And that ticket is made out of wax paper aside from being 52 years old. Oh uh, so it's very difficult. It's in perfect condition. Um, Bo Kimball's free throw with Hank Gathers, Michael Johnson wearing his gold shoes, 
And then I added some crazy ones like uh, uh, Rod Tidwell filming his Jerry Maguire scene, which was which was Christmas Day, uh, a Cowboys Arizona Cardinals game. Uh, I added uh, Kirk Herbstreet's debut at Ohio State just to kind of have that. Uh, and then I have Koufax's Yom Kipper. No, no game. That's, a, uh, that's an important ticket, definitely. Um, Jesse Owens, hundred meters becoming the fat. That's the most. So, so the two most I spent on tickets were, I bought two, uh, Kobe signed last game tickets. Um, and I bought a Jesse Owens hundred meter becoming the fastest man in the world in front of Hitler was that, you know, to me, that was amazing. Uh, the one that cost me more money than I thought the WrestleMania three ticket, which is like. I like to say so 1987 it hurts like the L is backwards <laughs> on the word live because they typeset it wrong. Um, or the George, I, I, I had to, I had to spend uh, 2042 bucks on, on the George Brett pine tar ticket. It's a full huh? ticket. It's beautiful. And you bought it from our, someone from our community. If I think right? I, I did, I'm not yeah. sure. I think I might've. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. The crazy thing about it was it said $675 on the ticket and people immediately are like, wait a second, like field level caught that cost that these days. And I'm like, yes, for the season, <laughs> for the whole season. Unbelievable. Um, Brendan so has a great question. Any interest in Dale Earnhardt's the, the Daytona 500 from Dale Earnhardt's death, which would be an interesting ticket. Um, not really. I mean, I'm wondering if I had like a death. There's an, uh, I don't, it's a little dark for me. Although I did recently pick wait, up wait a, a second. You bought a ticket from when Joe Theismann's leg was broken. Okay. But he didn't die. He was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, true. Fair enough. Yeah. I, re I recently picked up the Brandy Chastain bra ticket, the 1999 women's world cup final. Wow. I also picked up the malice at the palace. Um, and then the most messed up one probably is the, uh, the, the day Ferris Bueller actually took a day off. So this took this took a lot of work. Luckily, there were some people on the internet who had already sleuthed it out. People were like, "How would the hell? How the hell would you know that date?" And I'm like, "Well, there there is a real foul ball in the scene that he catches." Yeah. Turn turns out, some guy, thank God, from you know a saber matrician, uh, uh, figured out that this was um, the eleventh inning of a four three game between the Cubs and the Atlanta Braves. Claudell Washington popped up. And that's the ball that Ferris caught. Hmm. So, unfortunately, Great trivia. Unfortunately, wow. June 5th, 1985. Unfortunately, I knew this ticket was never going to surface because who would have kept the Cubs ticket from 85? One, they sucked. Yeah. Two, that game was not remarkable. So the only way I had to do this, and this is something that's really messed up, but the only way I had to do this was I had to out myself. And on June 5th, on Twitter, say today's the day that he popped up and hope that someone saw it and then that they could sell it for me at an overinflated price. I love how sick how you horrible are. So is that? Yeah, and, so it, and sure enough, it happened. And a guy sold sold me this half-eaten ticket for like a grand. <laughs> and and then he and then the same guy basically had a couple somehow. And then he totally outdid himself. By getting Lee Smith to sign the ticket, Lee Smith was the reliever who threw the pitch that Claudel Washington oh, hit no. that Ferris caught. Oh my God! <laughs> and on the ticket, he had Lee Smith write "Save Ferris," and I'm like, oh, "All right, smart. you got me. I gotta have that ticket now." I bought that ticket too. <laughs> yeah, too. Wow. Anyway, 
So it's I I love the chase. I love the stories, and tickets really does it for me. Very cool. Well, we appreciate you uh, sharing your love of tickets with us today. And of course, that Barry Sanders car is no slouch. I know we kind of you know glossed over it for just a minute, but really, you know, as Darren's kind of taught me, not just in life but in business, it's better to zig when everyone else is zagging. And so, like, not that there's anything wrong with the '89 score Barry Sanders rookie, but it's just it's like it's kind of boring, right? And the pro set, although it's cool, it's cheaper. That card is something that is a keeper. I love that. But yeah, you don't you you don't say like, oh my god, check this out, like. Exactly. It says restore the roar on it. There's an Oscar Myers logo. There's a Claus and Pickles logo. It says kids plus guns equal death. It it has horrible artwork on the back. You know, it's like uh, it's, I love it's, it. it. I feel like they so made good. 500 of those sets in someone's basement that you know was friends with the police force. Abs- abs- absolutely. And Barry Sanders definitely got zero for it. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, they didn't give him a dime. In fact, um, they might have they might have threatened every player in that set with an arrest <laughs> if they didn't u- use their. Or like we have dirt on you guys, so here's the deal: you're going to let us produce this really crude looking uh, set, and you're not going to say anything about it. Yeah. Um, so, Darren, as we wrap up here, is there one item you just kind of want to show people that's super cool in your space there that you know has a cool story or interesting you got recently, or you had to pry out of someone's hands? You know, or something Whoa, like that. Whoa, that's that's a that's an interesting one. Well, do you want what do you what do you want? Do you want a ticket? Do you do you want a good ticket? Do you do a good tickets and what, whatever you got? I mean, you know, I I recently got this ticket, so it's the it's Magic Larry, and it's signed by Magic. Yeah, you probably outbid me. You, mm. I probably did. Uh, yeah, because I lost that ticket recently at auction, mm-hmm. and he hasn't. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything anymore either. <laughs> and he has it, you know, he usually does not sign. I, I love that ticket. Um, so this is so, so I gave away my goat curse ticket because I found a better one. Okay. <laughs> this one might be the best ticket I've ever seen. This is the goat game. Look at this ticket. Oh my God. It's a full ticket. I mean, it's a full and, and look at the Beautiful. colors on it. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a piece of art. Um, you know, this is the I had a special relationship with Kobe, so I don't know if I can ever sell these, oh. but like, you know, it, it, it's his back and it's his last game. And it's, you know, uh, I like that one. Those goes for big money. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying. And then this is like the uh, you know, this is to, to, to look how great condition from the 36 Olympics. The oh, Owens yeah. ticket is, you know, uh, so I don't know. I, I, I look at them all the time. Oh, you want to? I should show the WrestleMania ticket since I made such a. I okay. love that ticket too. Hold on. Yep. Hold on. Look at. I mean, it is just. Is that 1987 for you? I mean, <laughs> God, look at the L backwards in live. Yeah, I down. see it. <laughs> and the the back is, you know, Seven Eleven. Keep you revving. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the ads, the stuff. You know, the ads are also something cool. So, uh, oh, you, I got to show you the. So, so. So this is the this is how beautiful that George Brett ticket is just just gorgeous. Um, and then and then the one that is kind of like you have a ticket collection. Well, why you know what when people say what do you do you know like what's the greatest ticket you have? You know I think 1992. Like well, I'm 13 years old. Uh, you know that was a high point in sports for me. And I think that I think this is probably the only one. I don't think you say like, "Hey, there's an ugly card," but then like, it's an ugly card, but it's an ugly card of the times. Do you say that at all? Yeah, well, 
Absolutely. Okay. So this is this is this is the the Leitner shot ticket signed by Leitner, you know, with the shot. Nice. And 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 people are like, that ticket is garbage. Yeah, but you know what? Every concert ticket from 1991 to 1994. No, I feel the same as you. I don't feel the the hatred for those Ticketmaster tickets because no, no. that was part of my youth. Yeah, like exactly. my first Green Day ticket that my parents wouldn't let me go see them in Long Island was a Ticketmaster ticket. Yep. Every yep. time I saw a Tom Petty Ticketmaster ticket. Exactly. Uh, I want to just tell one more story because I yeah I I think that people will find this intriguing and these these are the types of stories that and I'm not in a lids that's my hat collection in the back. Um. <laughs> so uh. So these are the type of stories that I think are are, are very interesting. Um. You know, so so the guy who sold me this ticket, this is the Jordan Shrug ticket. And um, and I said, I said, I've seen you sell a lot of these. His name's Andrew Goldberg. He collect he's collected about a thousand Jordan tits. He's trying to get every game Jordan played in all the tickets, which is that's a hell of an idea. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and I go, how do you have so many of these shrug tickets? And uh he says, well, I bought them in a big lot. And I'm like, well, how, how many could there be? Right? right. Like there are no tickets of Jordan the shot over Elo because he was in Cleveland and no one kept them. Who'd want to keep that ticket? Right. right. So there's all these things about scarcity. And then I come up to this ticket. And he's like, yeah, I got them all day long. And I'm like, how oh. does that make any sense? So if you turn on the back. So the 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 first thing is. That if the Bulls score uh, more than 115 points, you go to your 7-Eleven and you get a Illinois lottery ticket. The Bulls scored 122. And if, if the Bulls keep the opponent to under 100 okay. and the Portland Trailblazers only scored 89, you get a free Pizza Hut pizza. So... Some smart guy, not him, yep. went to the Pizza Huts and the 7-Elevens the next day, realizing in 1993 that that was going to be a good ticket to keep. Unbelievable. And, and got hundreds and hundreds of tickets just collected. And he he bought them from this guy at even a discounted rate. Like, he, you know, and now these things sell for 300 to 600 bucks. And he, ha he, he has tens and tens and tens, if not hundreds of them. Oh Is that God. Jeff Bezos? I mean, that that's a guy with a mind, right? That's a that's yeah. a, that 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 that's a good mind. Yeah. Uh, um, Darren, you're getting some love. They appreciate the stories behind the tickets. I'm reading the community's comments. Oh, they like it. Yeah, it's cool. This is the smallest ticket I own. It's uh, it's Disco Demolition Night. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 very it's very small, but uh, but 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 it's one that I had to have, and then I also had to have the. Uh, the day that Ferris, the day that Matthew Broderick and and Cameron actually filmed at the Cubs game, so I, I have I have a full of that from the day they filmed. Anyway, my wife is going to destroy me, so we are going to go now. If that's Great. okay, Darren, uh, thanks so much. We're going to give away the ticket and Barry Sanders. Now we'll connect and we'll ship them out to the uh, new owners of them. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you guys. guys. Thanks, Darren. Happy holidays. Right, Happy New Year. You. Nice. Well, that was a lot of fun, Lou. That was a lot of fun. What a great yeah. tour of tickets, huh? Yeah, you know what's crazy? It's kind of funny. I'm glad that he joked and I didn't have to say it. Darren could have literally talked to us for six hours straight. Yep. I and would have done it too. 
Yeah, you know, I would have done it too. I'd be looking for a new place to live also. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we just we just don't want that. It's holiday time. Right, exactly, yeah. So, uh, Lou, what we're going to do is we're going to give everyone a few minutes because there's probably a bunch of names. They're going to finalize the list. We're going to give away um, those two prizes uh, live on our Vintage Break Show because we ran a little bit over. Yep. So if everyone would like to tune in to see who wins that really special World Series uh, Cubs ticket, the Billy Goat King ticket, courtesy of Darren Ravel, and that Barry Sanders ticket, as well as those five $15 break credits, just tune in to uh, us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Vintage Breaks. Of course, you can continue watching us on Facebook on our Vintage Breaks channel. And for the last show of the year next week, excuse me, on Layton's Loft, I was thinking, Lou, we'd like to try to get some of the folks uh, you know, from our community to maybe show off a piece or two, yeah. uh, sell a piece or two. I wanted to play Deal or No Deal. I like and then that. what I'd like to do is I'd like to have some of our very own. So I'd like to have either J5 and his stash on. You know, if J5 will allow someone else in the office to be a guest in the loft, maybe <laughs> we'll be lucky enough to have Sam or Emily on or Dougie, you know, but we'll, we'll have to see, you know, we'll have to do some internal discussions here, maybe some, uh, you know, battle royals to see who's going to be, you know, on the show. Dougie's eating the pepper tonight, right? So he is. I hope he's re reconsidering because we'd like him to be able to work next week and maybe come in the week after. And Is there medical staff on alert? Have you got this? I'm a little concerned because I'm actually thinking the staff's going to be thin at that moment because it's only Robert and Dougie. Yeah. And so plus if I, I knew I would consider and I'm surprised Jen hasn't told us to you, I would consider making him do it off premises. Because I'm, uh, I'm considering kind of yeah, I, I very much feel that way as well. I'm nervous. Um I, I just I don't know. I got a bad I got a bad feeling in my stomach about this one. So <laughs> you I'm just have like, a bad feeling in his stomach. I know I set you up pretty well for a good joke. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're gonna certainly hope for the best. And by the way, we're gonna still love Dougie if he backs out. So we're giving him that outlet. We think that it's a little crazy. To be eating, you know, hot peppers certainly live on camera, um, but you know, nonetheless, if he does, enjoy the show. No, Jeff, I am not eating that pepper. Certainly not for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Lou. You have the right mindset. <laughs> All, All right, right folks, thanks again for tuning in this week on Layton's Loft, Lou. We'll see you next week for the grand finale of the year. Excellent, uh, great show tonight. It was fun. It was fun meeting Darren. Uh, it was just great stories. Thanks, everybody. You knew this wasn't part of the scam, right?